The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I'm very glad that you're listening, and thank you also for liking Spirit of Recovery on Facebook. It's great getting those likes and also um, seeing your posts to us there on the Facebook page. And thank you so much for also for your emails to me, for letting me know how it's going for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. It's great to hear what's happening for you and to know that what we're doing here on Spirit of Recovery is making a difference, that you're finding that the guests that we're bringing are touching your heart, opening your mind and inspiring you and bringing you some new ideas and um, some greater depths of understanding and greater breadth in this whole process of recovery. So um, thank you for doing that and thank you for letting your friends and the people in your unity community and your other spiritual communities um, know about us here on Spirit of Recovery on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative, people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, and my guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to us here on Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen um, live via your computer. You can listen via your smart device. You can go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. Also, you can listen on demand. Just go to UnityOnlineRadio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery, and you'll find several years' worth of wonderful archives and just lots of great topics that are important to the recovery community. 
You can also, if you like what you're hearing on Spirit of Recovery and the many other great programs on UnityOnlineRadio.org, you can financially support this nonprofit radio station. You can make a one-time financial donation or an ongoing financial gift. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and you can do that if you would like to. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place so that if you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that has the disease of addiction, you are welcome here. And, you know, family members and friends can also get into recovery as family members and friends. And so lots of our topics are pertinent to that as well, is that we do um, have programs that are geared specifically for family and friends as well as for people that have the primary disease of a substance or behavioral addiction. So whoever you are, maybe you're just curious about the process of recovery, you are welcome here. We're glad you're listening and you're welcome. If you've got a comment or a question for my guest, you can phone that in or you can email it in and we're glad you're here. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and also an Addictions Counselor, and I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction, and this month of May, 35 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development, and I am so grateful for that. And my walk continues to be an integration of Unity Principles and Recovery Principles principles and that keeps transforming my life and it keeps me growing in deeper ways so i am delighted i'm grateful to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to bring you great guests that really touch your heart and open your mind and um also i'm just uh, delighted to hear what's happening for you in your spirituality and recovery walk today our topic is when spirit calls just say yes And, you know, spirituality enters our lives through uh, unexpected means. I think about almost all the time. Spirit kind of sneaks in in those places where we we're surprised. You know, oh, I didn't know that was where spirit would sneak in. Um, But often it's those places where it feels like that maybe uh, we didn't do so good or something didn't go right. But that's really what opens us up and gives God or a higher power, by whatever name you call it, the opportunity where we're open, where we're receptive You know, often we do wake up because we've met a difficulty that we can't surmount through our usual external methods. And what seemed like a failure turns out to be the opening for God's call. So today my guest is Don Seiler, and he is a unity spiritual leader and a person in long-term recovery. And he's going to be sharing with us today how he said yes and why he keeps saying it. Uh, Reverend Seiler is a U.S. Army veteran pilot, and he has also been a commercial pilot. He's been a strength coach in the NFL. He's been a corporate wellness consultant. He's been a hospital executive. He's been an addictions counselor and an IT administrator. And at this point in his career, he serves as the spiritual leader of Unity of North Houston, Texas, and he is on the path to ordination as a Unity minister in the field licensing program. And you can learn more about him and also read his blog, which is really interesting. He shares a lot of um, very thoughtful ideas in his blog. And you can find that if you go to the UnityNorthHouston.org website. So, Don, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. It's a pleasure to be here. Glad you're here. So, 
you have a, a interesting life. You've done a lot of different things, and um, you have uh, made a lot of good choices in your life that um, to keep saying yes, one way or the other, uh, even probably when it wasn't so easy, but you've been been willing and you've done it to say yes to spirit um can you think back to maybe one of the early times in your life uh where you said yes to what was really for your good and at that time you may or may not have called it higher power or god or spirituality i don't know but when's the time that or that you remember an early time when you said yes and sort of what propelled you to say yes at that point you know what's interesting is is that uh, until until I reached the end of the end of the rope, as it were, I I, I find found every way possible to say no. Huh. Um, <laughs> when I uh, the very first time the very first time I entered recovery, uh, it was suggested to me that I go to a twelve step program, and I said, well, sure. I'll go to a 12-step program, and the first time I walked in, I heard all this talk about God. And at that moment, I said, I have to find another way to get sober. So I went to uh, to uh, our employee assistance program at the hospital where I worked, and the folks there said, oh, well, we have a special program for healthcare professionals. It's full of doctors and people like you with master's degrees. And I said, well, that's where I need to go. And so for two years, we really didn't talk about God, higher powers, or anything like that. And as I'm sure you would know, the end of that story is is that I, uh, I went back out. I uh, decided to continue to live in my addiction uh, for another three years after that. Um, because I started out by saying no. I said no to God. I said no to spirituality. And and my program didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I did was kind of uh, float along in this in this place of of uh, with other folks who had rejected that idea, who had said no to spirit. And uh, so that was. It, it, it is an interesting place to go to, to start with this idea of saying yes, but realizing that I had to get to the place where um, my final no didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then I learned to say yes. Interesting mm-hmm. space. Yeah. yeah, it is. I'm curious, what was it that initially turned you off about hearing people talking about God when you went to the first 12-step meeting what was it that propelled you out the door when you i think there were several things going on for me one is that is that i knew that i had that i had a problem with addiction i had problems in my life uh, but i i felt that if i heard the right words if i learned the right uh, way to be um that 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 it would be over that the addictions would stop and that my life would be would be back uh, on track and everything would be fine. Uh, I assumed for most of my life that if I got another certificate, another job, another promotion, uh, that that life would be good and that life would be fine. And I discovered, of course, that that wasn't the truth. 
And so when I heard people talk about God, it just meant it felt like giving up. It felt like um, relinquishing my personal control and, and maybe even my personal being. When I would hear someone say, let go and let God, the sense that would just overwhelm me was that you've made a choice to lose. You've made a choice to be a failure. And that was not what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a success. And in most aspects of my life, that's what I was. Uh, anything I chose to do, I would succeed at and not only succeed but excel at it. And then after 20-some-odd you know, years of actively practicing my addiction, things began to fall apart in my personal life more than in my business life. My business life was continuing to go pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting when what you're saying there, Don, because when I do look back at, at the work that you've done in your career, all of it, I mean, it's certainly all valuable. I'm not devaluing any of it. But all of it, being a U.S. Army pilot, being a commercial pilot, being a strength coach in the NFL, um, working in a corporation as a wellness consultant, a hospital executive, and so forth, all of that is very um, oriented towards um, i got to be in charge, I've got to be in control. And, and makes sense that that would be... You know, my my idea, a person's idea would in that would be, yeah, I got to make sure that nothing falls apart here. Does that resonate? Sure, sure. The the whole this this whole idea, it, it, what intrigues me about the idea of saying yes is that I chose I chose what to say yes to, and really part of what I was doing was 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 trying to engineer a life. And and in in that effort to engineer this life, uh, I would I did move from from job you know from you know through different jobs, uh, but there was there was some sequence to them that uh, that at least made sense at 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 the time. But what I, I I could never let go of that sense that I wasn't enough. And that was a, a, an underlying experience that I had through most of my life. You know, no matter what uh, a boss would say, no matter what kind of promotion I received, that there was a sense of just having uh, having a gap in 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 myself, uh, somewhere deep inside of me, that was a gap, and I would feel that. Um, usually during periods where I was unable to, uh, where I was unable to use and 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 practice my addiction, uh, I can remember times when I flew. Uh, I would go away and fly for three to six months at a time, and and have to have to just fly and and have to be with myself. And that was a real struggle for me to be able to be alone with with Don Siler. Mm-hmm. That was a, not a space, not a space that I could that I could enjoy. And I always pushed for the next goal, the next, the next certificate, the next, the next, the next, the next. Uh, and living today was absolutely one of my greatest challenges. 
Mm-hmm. It, in fact, my my ex-wife, and, and before I got sober, I had a couple of them, and, uh, she, you know, she, she told me that when she got good news, she knew that our cowboy wouldn't come home till very late that night. It was the, I couldn't handle good news any more than I could handle bad news because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. If I got a promotion, then I'd say, oh, dear, what's the next promotion going to be? Rather than where am I today? And that was a real challenge. That was, that was one of those difficulties that I, that I dealt with until, until I finally did say uh, I got to this place um, where it was really a now or never event where I felt that there was no more, I had no more opportunities uh, in my life that I would, would, would probably, would probably make a decision to, to end it. And uh, that would be the ultimate saying no. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. The, place, the place that I went to. Right. And, you know, what you're describing, I think, is um, common, really. Um, I don't, you know, I can't speak for everybody in the world, but uh, I certainly, I have experienced that in my life, that feeling of emptiness, and I think a lot of people do. Um, I hear that, you know, in the rooms of recovery, um, and perhaps other people as well, but, but that feeling of, you didn't use the word empty, but I'm I'm going to use that, and maybe you'd use another word, and you can share it. But but that feeling when when I don't have the next thing on the horizon, when I don't have the, um, and I'm not thinking about the next goal or whatever, and I'm just with me. Ooh, ooh, there's that empty spot, or I don't know how to process good information or bad information. I don't I don't have a connection with my internal self. Is that resonating with what you were saying? Yep, yeah, sure is, and and of course in the in the rooms we hear people talk about having a hole in their soul and and that 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 i would hear people talk about that uh later and i understood what they meant but i lived with that hole i lived with that hole that gap that that was always there that that needed to be filled and i had nothing i had nothing to you know to fill it with i always thought that success that would would help to fill that. I always thought there was something external that that would fill that. I really, my experience in religion had never been anything more than rules, rules and regulations, and and I spent a lot of my life kind of on the edge of rules and regulations, <laughs> and uh, and that was uh, it. It tended to work. I I tell people that when you when you act uh, without thinking when you act impulsively in Vietnam you could get a medal mm-hmm. but they folks tended to not have a lot of respect for that in other places and mm-hmm. so some of the impulsivity uh, worked well for me for a while uh, but it was the, the impulse the impulse really was to to try to to try to to fill that gap to fill that hole and emptiness is sure a really good way to describe how, to describe how I felt when I was alone. Especially, I, I can remember 
you know, flying in Alaska, um, we did some, I did work with biologists and they just would go out away from the helicopter and I would just sit there and uh, if I, I would just have to think by myself and, and think and, and when I looked back on my life, I would would realize that it was incomplete, and the the I, the sense of not being complete um, may be a better description for me than empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just incomplete, uh, cons- um, every day, every day. And so I would you know find books and take guns and shoot and do things that kept me away from the quiet. Uh, quiet times were not good for me when I was. Uh, active in my addiction. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. It's time for our first break. And Don, thanks so much for what you're sharing. It's it's really honest, and um, you're opening some doors. And, and I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, my guest is Don Seiler. Our topic today is when spirit calls. Just say yes. We're going to take a break here, but we'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. Stay with us. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Our topic today is When Spirit Calls, Just Say Yes. And my guest is Reverend Don Seiler. Don is uh, the spiritual leader at Unity of North Houston in Texas. And he is also a person who is a U.S. Army veteran pilot. He's been a commercial pilot, a strength coach in the NFL, a corporate wellness consultant, a hospital executive, and an addictions counselor, and an IT administrator. He's had lots of great life experiences, and they've all informed his ability to say yes to spirit. And he's really sharing with us some important experiences in that that are deepening us. Before I get back to my conversation with Don, I invite you to join me in a moment of quiet in the Serenity Minute. I invite you to share with me a constructive idea to take a moment in the quiet. So if you would like to, be aware of your breath, allow yourself to relax, and feel that relaxation as it moves all the way through your body temple, allowing yourself to just let go and let God And as you do that, share with me this constructive idea. I am whole and complete. I am loved. I am guided. And all is well. I am whole. I am complete. I am loved. I am guided. And all is well. And we take a moment now in the quiet. joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that it was an opportunity for you to relax, to take a moment, and open up and feel that presence of your higher power, and know that all is well. And now I'm back to my conversation with Don Seiler, and we're talking about when spirit calls, just say yes. And if you'd like to learn more about Don and read his blogs, which are excellent, go to unitynorthhouston.org. UnityNorthHouston.org, and you can um, read more about him and um, about the ministry that he serves and also read his blogs. So, um, Don, before the break, we were talking some about that feeling of how your experience of yourself was that you you felt incomplete. And um, obviously, that's changed, that you are finding ways to find that completeness um, from within yourself. So tell us some more about that. You, you shared with us early about um, when you first got into a recovery process, but you weren't connecting to a higher power. Uh, you went back out. The disease of addiction took over again. How did you get back into recovery, and how was that different this the second time? Well, Anna, I was, uh, I, I was working for a major oil company as a, wellness uh, advisor and 
I was actually doing very, very well in both financially and in terms of being where I was in my in my career. I was speaking uh, internationally at conferences, and I really felt like I had had begun to to, to fill the gap. And I got a call one day uh, from uh, a friend uh, about another. Uh, friend who I had flown with in Vietnam, and he and I had had uh, several experiences where, uh, kind of like he he covered me and I covered him, and 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 so we were we were pretty close. And over the years, the at the time I guess it was about twenty five years since we had been in Vietnam together. Over the years, we had done some flying in different places and. So we had remained close, um, but I was told that he was very ill, and I went into the VA hospital, and uh, there he was, uh, this man who had hundreds of medals from Vietnam, uh, and uh, he uh, he was laying there in a diaper, and uh, diaper needed to be changed, and his skin was yellow, and the nurses told me that he was very nearly uh, or very near to death. And, uh, you know, he and I had a lot of drinking adventures, those kinds of adventures that, you know, we thought completed, a, you know, two weeks of work or, or just some way that we decided to, to close off our, our, uh, our adventures. And he, uh, it, I, I looked at him, and and all of the memories flooded back from uh, from Vietnam, and and his very capable uh, flying skills, and and his courage, and and I, I realized that uh, he uh, he was he had decided to drink himself to death, and uh, I felt. I felt the fear deep inside of me that I was going to be, I was going to look like him in a few years. And that, that feeling uh, just kind of washed over me. And I just, you know, um, I left the, I left the, the ICU in tears and, 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 and this is the inexplicable part. Um, when I tell the story to people, they just are shocked. I walked out of that place. Saying, oh my goodness, I'm going to end up drinking myself to death, just like my friend, just like this hero. And, um, and I bought myself a 12 pack of beer. And, uh, in Texas, you can drink a bit as you drive, and at least back then. And so I drove home or headed home, and for some reason, for some reason, I decided to, to walk into, you know, a room at a church. And and I ran into a friend who I had no idea was in in 12-step program. And he said, he said, dude, I had no idea you should be in here. And I said, well, let me tell you a story. And I told him my story. And, and, and it was the most, again, this, this adds to the, to the craziness of it. You know, I said, I can't do this. I can I can never do more than a day or two, and you know he he said what's on the wall in every room it says one day at a time. He said just do one day. 
And so now it's been about 8,000 days, one day at a time. But it, what, when we say, when, when you talk about the idea of saying yes, is that I had, when I walked into that room, I saw someone that had said yes and had a very good life from what I could observe. And he wasn't a, a sad guy. We, you know, he goes to, you know, would go to bars and, and comedy clubs. And I had been there with him at comedy clubs. I had no idea that he wasn't drinking. I just thought he was doing the same thing I was doing. And he just enjoyed his life. And as time went on, it, it, it came to, 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 to me that, uh, that w- what was necessary for me was to let go of my idea of leadership and follow someone else, get a sponsor, and then to, uh, to, to ease into the idea of spirituality. Being spiritual was still very far from my mind. Um, when I would look forward, you know, uh, in the steps. You know, the first one I could handle pretty well, but I'd look forward in the steps and real quick you got to start talking higher power. And I really struggled with moving forward in the steps at all. And then um, another, for me, it was a miracle. Someone came up to me and said, I listened to you talk. And she said, I think if you don't work the steps that you're going to Go back out and, and practice some more. And I said, I think you're right. And which was just an admission of, of, of a, what I felt was a weakness. But instead I said yes, and, and that was when things really started clicking in terms of my recovery. Because I began to be able to spend time quiet in quiet times. Listening to your meditation, talking about being whole, that being whole and being loved was something that I did not, did, could not have felt possible before um, I had about a year uh, in the program. And then I thought there was possibilities, and I had moments, and you know, where I had seconds of feeling that that experience of completeness and wholeness and actually feeling like I was loved. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, around the time that I began that one year in the program, um, someone in, recommended that I go to Unity of North Houston. It, it, it was Unity Church of North Houston at the time. It's the, the same church that I'm at now, but it was meeting in a hotel. And the minister there was in recovery. And I could tell, I could, I could tell in his, in his talk that he was speaking from, from a place of, of knowing, that knowing that, that, and, and when I heard him, I felt, I felt like, you know, here's a guy who's been in the same place I've been, who's walked in my shoes. And so when he, when he put an idea out into the room, you know, I, I realized that I could try it on and I didn't have to keep it, which was always one of my fears about going to church and getting involved and 
organized religion or spirituality. And what I what the offer that I got both in twelve step and when I got into unity was that offer that says, Try this thing on. Wear it around a little bit. See how it feels when you're at work. See how it feels when you're by yourself. And that was the the thing that really gave me an opening. Because I did say yes to spirit, but I didn't have to say yes to everything you told me. (laughs) You can make a distinction, huh? (laughs) That's right. That's right. And it's a distinction with a real difference for me. Uh And and I often, I, I, I... I, I tell people that that come that come to the to the church or they come for counseling with me, and I and I tell them that that you know I'm offering something for you to try on and try out, and see how it works, see how it fits in with 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 your experience of God or higher power or whatever you choose to call this 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 spirit that. That for me, that spirit is it filled that hole, and 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 fit in in a don shaped piece that made up the you know that fit right into that puzzle that was my whole life story of everything that I've been through, and that God would fit into that piece, the God that I understood, the God that I needed to make me a whole human being. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things. Um Don, that you have blogged about, which I think in in relates to what you're saying here. You one of your recent uh, blogs. Well, actually, no, this is yeah, it is a recent blog. Was is about the concept of shame, and you talk some about what Dr. Brene Brown, who happens to be at the University of Houston, I believe, and there where she's on faculty. Yes, she sure is. And anyway, that obviously she's written lots of books and and given many talks, and people probably are familiar with her, Brene Brown. And, and and her work with shame, and also you quote Martha Smock, who was a, a wonderful uh, leader in unity, who was the editor of our our uh, daily reader magazine called Daily Word, which is so full of wonderful spiritual wisdom. How does shame and overcoming shame relate to what you you've just been talking about in terms of you coming to a place in your spirituality where you felt like you were relating to God, God was inside of you, or you didn't say that, but anyway, that feel that that done that hole that hole inside of you and so forth and and that you were starting to feel more of completion how's shame related to all that and shame i i think that i i didn't know that i was living with shame for most of my life uh in my my family my family of origin uh we it always felt like uh, there was something not quite right um, about me. Um, I would bring home all all A's, but I'd get a, a what a, a unsatisfactory in conduct. And the very first thing that my father would ask about would be the unsatisfactory in conduct. And uh, and and Brene talks about talks about gremlins uh, uh, along with shame, and that gremlins. Gremlins, our gremlins tend to cause us uh, to uh, to experience uh, pain when we're young, and that pain uh, becomes this shame that says that there's just something not right about us. The shame is is that sense that we are that we are wrong, 
And so that idea of being incomplete fits well into the idea of shame in that I'm incomplete, I cannot be complete uh, because uh, there's something wrong with me. And mm-hmm. so I realized uh, after getting, spending some time, and, and of course John Bradshaw just, uh, um, just passed away, and I, I, um, I, I began uh, in, the, in the 90s uh, reading about shame uh, from, uh, from John Bradshaw. And, uh, and I realized that I was certainly carrying, uh, you know, carrying that sense of inadequacy around with me. Um, again, my, in my family of origin, my, uh, my mother and my father both expected a great deal from, uh, everyone in my family. But it seemed like as the firstborn, I was, uh, uh, the one that, carried the hopes and dreams of the family or something. And at every turn, I also seem to have caused uh, some sense of, of dissatisfaction from, from them. And I just took it, I took it very seriously. And my, that I built a system to, um, I built a system to avoid shame, you know, and that was of course that system of, of, of constantly, uh, acquiring degrees and 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 this system of excelling and 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 attempting to be perfect and that was that was how I that was how I kept those feelings of shame from showing up again mm-hmm. because I I just did everything I could to show up to show up as, as perfect. And when I got into, uh, when getting in, into unity, I was able to find, to, to find this sense that, that I'm just fine. <laughs> and that I am, I, you know, I'm good enough. And, uh, that, that, that with God, this, this God that is not just, uh, kind of floating around in the ethers, but actually take, is, is a resident in me and has always been resident in me, a part of me, and I'm a part of God. It's just this wholeness that um, gives me a sense of power and strength that is uh, sometimes uh, is, it, it, when I think about it, when, which, of course, it's my job to think and talk about it. Uh, but when I think about it and where I've come over the past 20, 25 years, it, it's that it, it's come so far to that place where, where hearing you say that I am loved, it, it doesn't, there's, there's no shock to it. To hear that I am whole, it, there's no shock to it. And when I can also go out and make a mistake, and, and feel, well, I need to cor- make a correction, and I, you know, certainly continue to work my steps. But, uh, you know, I could never have worked the steps. Um, I could never have asked God to, 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 to remove all of those shortcomings if I had not had, uh, if I didn't have um, the relationship with the God of my understanding that I developed in unity. Uh, because it, 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 I, I think that if it had been that God outside, I, I would have felt like it was still my dad, and that even though he said he was going to forgive everything, that I would probably, 
he'd probably hold it, you know, hold it in a in his back pocket to pull out later on. Um, so that absolute trust um, that that all is well was a very uh, is it's a very amazing place for me to be at compared to where to where I I used to live. Mm-hmm. You know, you said something a minute ago, Don, about that uh, through your relationship with with your higher power, that you had a real sense of power and strength. That's interesting. Tell us how that sense of power and strength that you had have in relation to your higher power and and so forth is different from. I'm guessing that you know again in in your previous life, all of those aspects of your career are places that people look at and say, wow, that's a person that's got a lot of power in those positions. So how's that, what you experience now, different from that sense of power that you had before? Well, one of the things that that I uh, has, it's been uh, rather persistent in my life uh, up until the time I got into uh, my, my BOSA program is that I think that I, uh, I I wore a uniform. Uh, I would put on this this cloak of of not invisibility as in Harry Potter, but invincibility. I put on this cloak to say, okay, I'm not Don Siler, the weak person. Don Siler, the guy who made mistakes, the guy who who is who should be shamed. I am now Don Siler, the cavalry pilot. In Vietnam, I am now Don Siler, the guy who's flying in 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 places that you know there's a lot of danger, whether it's you know fighting forest fires or or uh, other kinds of activities. And so I kind of put on this uniform, and sometimes I'll show up in front of the church, you know, with with my cavalry hat and my leather flight jacket, looking like. Um, like Indiana Jones, and so I had this. I had this. I would put on that costume that would make me feel strong, accomplished, well, and whole. And so, when the costumes, you know, when I took off the costume, uh, I can, or even when I had the costume, sometimes I, 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 I can distinctly remember being in San Francisco the CEO of the third largest oil company in the world. And I was sitting at the board, the, the table with um, members of the board of directors and the CEO and the president of several operating companies and all these folks. And I, I had this distinct feeling that I was a six-year-old in a blue suit and wingtips, you know, and that I was just this little six-year-old that was getting ready to make a mistake and that nobody knew how terrible, horrible, bad I was, how stupid I was, how ignorant I was. And, and I had that, I can remember that fear that, that, that they would find out, you know, that they would see my knee shaking inside of my blue suit. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and the, and then when I gave it all up, when I just let go of it, and said, okay, you make mistakes and we get better. And, and, and it doesn't mean I'm bad. It means that, that I make amends. When I got to that place, I didn't have to put on the uniform anymore. I didn't have to, I, I no longer had to, to pretend to be someone else. 
And I would hear people in in the program, you know, say, you know, you know, you know, you let go, let go, and let God. I never knew how strong I was until I surrendered. And oh, what a lot of hooey I thought that was. I just said, this is crazy, you know, that you guys actually believe this crap. And then here I am, 20-something years later, saying the same darn thing. <laughs> and it is the absolute truth. I feel, I, you know, I can, I, I can talk to anybody. Um, and, and sure, I get nervous, you know, because... You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do something silly. But I also know that, you know, that that I'm, I, I'm a whole person, and and I really am. I feel, I feel a strength, and and the 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 peace. I guess I didn't mention is is the peace, the absolute peace that I have when I you know turn off the computer for the day. I I can say to myself. I'm doing just, you know, I did, I did all I could do, and that was enough. And uh, I never, ever felt that. Um, because even after I got out of my 12-step program, or got into the 12-step program, I was still working real hard at being a perfectionist. Um, I worked really hard at that for, and my boss, uh, finally I had to tell my boss, uh, she was the, the head of the medical department at this oil company. She said, Don, I, I think you're working too hard. And I said, well, I need to talk to you about that. I used to work a half a day and uh, drink the rest of the time. And she said, oh, my. She had no idea because I would work so hard and do so much. And so then when I was just working regular hours, um, she thought that I was working too much. <laughs> but it was because of my efforts of being perfect that I continued. But also, I actually worked the whole day mm -hmm. instead of wandering off. Mm -hmm. So you said yes, Don, obviously, to ministry. So how in the world did that happen? Your your life has really changed, really transformed <laughs> over time. So yeah. how did that happen? Did you well, said yes you know, I, thank goodness, I, I can remember the I, when I was... I actually first thought about being a minister way back in high school, and uh, I was in a one of the one of the big three Protestant denominations, and we were those were the days when people were fussing about uh, people of color coming to the churches with people that weren't of color, and uh, I said, "Well, this is not where I want to hang out," and so I left for a long time. And then when I came into Unity, somewhere. Actually, it may have been when you were teaching in the old um, CEP classes that, um, that I was at up there at the at Unity Village, and and I just got the sense that this might be something that I I could do, uh, maybe something even that I should do, you know, because of the experience that I that I that I've had with Unity and with Twelve Step. And I met my wife, my current wife, uh, in uh, in 2000, and and I told her that I had intentions of being a, a minister, and she said, "Well, me too." <laughs> and so uh, she decided very quickly that she didn't want to do all the school that 
was required. Uh, she said uh, that uh, law school was all she wanted to do. So, it, so I, I just began to work on the path uh, to be a minister and taking classes. And what what I what I discovered was that it was more than a path towards helping others. It was just a path to continue to fill me out, to to make me, uh, to help me in my spiritual growth. Uh, and maybe it's uh, that, you know, I, I have had a tendency to be a leader wherever I was, and that coming into a leadership space in within a church gives me the opportunity to be a spiritual, literally a spiritual leader, not just not just having that as a job title, but literally being a, a leading from that place of strength and and peace, and and leading from from that God self that that I am, and and doing business uh, just like I used to do business, just as a businessman. But now I do church business as a spiritual person, and it's so much different. And and the results are 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 beyond anything that I that I could imagine, both in terms of what happens in the relationships at the church, but also what hap- has happened with me. Um, How have you changed since since you've been doing ministry? I think that some of the things that have changed me uh, to begin to, to begin that is to say some of the experiences uh, being I, I had been around death um, in terms of traumatic death but I've also accompanied people I've accompanied uh, several people who have been through the process of death of dying a natural death and um, and and a couple of those experiences um, have been really um, overwhelming in terms of of growing me spiritually. Because as I watch someone gracefully walking to the end of their life and kind of re- arranging all of the affairs of spirits and 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 the material world, and I walk with them as that happens, and that the the feeling of that eternal feeling, uh, 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 that feeling of a sense of eternity that comes over me uh, is is amazing. And, and, and as I am right now, I'm, I'm in a in, in a place of of some emotion because it's 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 it, it it's truly it, it really does give me a sense of the infinity of of our world, but also that that little connection, that 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 connection between each person and each thing in the world, that, that goes down to a micro view that where you sit and 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 skin to skin with someone who is nearing that time where they they leave this place. That I never expected. I never expected to have the growth and the change in, in, in me in terms of, of being able to approach every day. First of all, approach every day with that eagerness 
to live it and to be and to to be a part of it um, because it, 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 I've got this one. I got to stay. I don't know when, what if I will have another one tomorrow. But on the other hand, that sense that yeah, I will have another. There'll be something else. And and there's a it it it, it sounds kind of mixed up. I think maybe I, the way I said it was mixed up, but it really is that sense that there's that that there's an immediacy to the current life I'm living, but there's an expansiveness and uh, in, in, in a size to to the world that or to the life that 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 I'm a part of, um, and that's that's a big change. It's a big change for me. Uh, when I was in Vietnam, I had a cigarette lighter, and uh, I, I told my mother I wouldn't quit smoking cigarettes as long as I was going to be a scout pilot in Vietnam because it didn't wasn't didn't matter about my health. And uh, but my lighter said, uh, "One has never lived until they had almost died. Life is a flavor the protected never know." Mm-hmm. And now I know that I thought that that going to the edge in combat was you know was was really something that would you know gave me a sense of life but i find now that holding the hand of someone who is who's moving towards the eternity uh, i learned so much more than those those seconds of terror that i would have in in vietnam and in in the midst of a of a firefight Don, our time is up, but thank you so much. Um, you have really shared uh, in a wonderful way what happens when you do say yes to spirit and, and how spirit calls from so many different angles that probably we wouldn't expect. So thank you for saying yes many times and for keeping on saying it. And Thank you for um, claiming your life. I appreciate that, and I think uh, a lot of people probably do, and I know you do. So thank you. And thank you, and I appreciate you, and I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks much. And listeners, thank you for joining us today, and I know your um, minds and hearts have been touched. And you have a wonderful week, and say yes to spirit when you hear that call. And uh, will you... Be with us next week again when we're back here on Spirit of Recovery. God bless. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. 
On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. There's a story about a man who was looking for a new home. When he arrived at the gate of a city, he asked, Tell me what kind of people live here. The gatekeeper replied, Tell me about the people in the place you've come from. He answered, They were angry, self-centered, and dishonest. The gatekeeper said, They're just like that here. You wouldn't be happy. Move on. Later, another stranger arrived and asked the same question. The gatekeeper said, Tell me about the people in your last town. She answered, Oh, they were wonderful, kind, generous, and loving. The gatekeeper replied, The people of this town are just like that. Come on in. You'll be happy here. Often we see the world not as it is, but as we are. If you want to change the world, start with yourself. Be the kind of person you wish the rest of the world would be. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.